Hi guys and welcome to another podcast from BetfairTradingCommunity.com and um, today I'm going to talk about cricket scalping. Um, this was something that was requested by members and uh, obviously something we know plenty about. Um, if you don't know, uh, the cricket thread we run on our forum is uh, really profitable. Um, Richard, who trades on it, is pro. He's been doing cricket trading for over 12 years professionally. Um, one of the best traders on Betfair, and we're very thankful to have him here, um, able to guide us and help us learn to trade. So today I'm talking about cricket scalping, as I mentioned earlier. Um, I've got seven key steps to how to master cricket scalping trading on Betfair. I've also written a blog post on this, so this will be loosely based around that. Um, so read that if you get the chance. Um, some really good info on there. So I'm just going to start out by giving a little checklist of what you need um, to be able to scalp cricket. Now the thing with scalping is it's... A market where you really need to be on the ball you need to be quick you need to be in and out quickly we'll mention that a few times in this um, and so you need to have the right things in place for that obviously um, you know before I even start with the checklist make sure you're you're alone um, ideally in the room you're in you focus solely on that you're not doing something else in the meantime um, you really need to just be focused in for this time that you're scalping. So set that time aside. Don't let any distractions happen. Certainly during a trade, um, you know, if there's potential for any uh, distractions, don't enter a trade. Uh, so yeah, that's just basic for most trading, to be honest. But specifically for scalping, it's imperative. So I'm going to start with the list of things, like I said, for the checklist. First thing. You want the best live pictures you can get. And by that, I don't necessarily mean best quality, although obviously good quality is needed. What I mean is you want the quickest um, feeds. Now, you'll notice how quick your feed is by how the market reacts to things. Um, and the, what I would avoid totally is online feeds because generally they tend to be quite far behind. Um, even, say, the Bet365 live feeds are sort of four to five seconds behind even their own um, when they update their own odds. So it just shows that those feeds can be often 15, 20 seconds behind. So if you can get, say, you know, the live pictures from TV, digital TV is not too bad. You will have a little bit of a delay because of the satellites. Um, it's usually about three to four seconds. So as long as you accommodate for that, that's not too bad. It's about the best you're going to get. There is a way of getting rid of that delay, um, but it's. Uh, I think the package you have to get costs thousands of pounds. I know that some racing people do it, um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's probably not viable. So the three to four second delay, if you know what you're doing, it's not a massive problem, but make sure it's only that. One thing I will say is that Digital radio commentaries, so um, or even just general radio commentaries, if they're live, will often be quicker than TV pictures. So if there is a game live, this will happen a lot, especially in um, English matches. Obviously, living in England, they're going to have commentaries here. So look, watch out for those. The Women Ashes was on yesterday on, uh, I think it was Five Live Sports Extra. It was even quicker on Longwave. Um, apparently it was on there um, so Richard was saying again he's gaining seconds on the market doing this so make sure if you can to get 
your radio sorted um, find out if there's radio commentaries of the match that you're looking to trade it'll mainly be with English matches here obviously in international games uh, so obviously things like IPL probably not going to be able to get that don't get anything online um, because again there's going to be a delay um, I listen to a lot of radio online and often it's one to two minutes delay um, which would obviously cripple you Weather forecast. Now, I mention this because you might think, what's that got to do with, with this? Um, weather can actually affect cricket prices quite drastically, even in, um, say, 2020, where um, obviously it's not going to be a draw because of the weather. But what will happen is that it actually, when it rains, it will often favour the batting side um, who bats second because they end up having to chase a target that they know, but they'll often have more wickets in hand. So even the slightly above what it was run rate is not that difficult to deal with. Um, so, yeah, that's that's one key as well. Make sure you know the weather forecast. Really, you don't want any rain. Um, it, just, it just confuses things. If you really know what you're doing, you can take advantage of the rain. But if you don't, it definitely confuses things. Trading software, absolutely huge. You must have trading software. Don't try and just do this from the Betfair site. Um, so scalping, you must have trading software. I use BetTrader. I think they're absolutely brilliant. Um, but obviously there's lots out there. Go try the free trial. Decide what works for you, what works best for you. I know Richard as well uses BetTrader, so we're big advocates of that here. Um, Ryan, I can't remember what Ryan, Ryan uses right offhand. Um but yeah, he uses something different. So try different things, see what works for you. Okay, so before I explain how we trade the markets, what we must acknowledge is that scalping, it's not an exact science, okay? So the advice I'm about to give you will make a massive difference. And if you apply it correctly, you know, you should make money out of it, okay? But bear in mind, it's an art form, really. So the way you scalp, your decisions, your discipline, it's all going to have a big impact on whether you can apply these strategies or this strategy in particular correctly. Um, so don't just think, oh, I'll get in here, get out there, bam, guaranteed profit. That's not how it works. That's not how trading works, okay? You have to learn how to get good at it over time. So make sure you do that. When you start out, you don't need to use money. So just practice, use practice modes. All the good trading softwares have practice modes. Um, but even if you're just using a little bit of money, um, that's fine. But just learn that way before you start using bigger stakes. Um, so, you know, obviously how successful you are it will ultimately rely on you. We can't place the bets and, and trade out for you, as we always say. Um, and, and the thing with scalping is it's a very difficult thing to share on, on the community because obviously I can't, you know, tell you, bet now get out now because often we're in and out in 30 seconds um so that's why we're giving you this advice today and we're going to go through these seven points coming up but i just wanted to preface that with all that stuff because um it's very important when you're starting scalping so again as i've mentioned a couple of times already the idea is we're looking to get in and out very quickly okay ideally before another ball is bowled okay so t20 teams are great for this because uh the odds can change very quickly and obviously a wicket or boundary has a much bigger impact in a T20 than say in a test match or in a one day international. Um, not to say that you can't trade ODIs, they can be quite good especially near the end of innings um, but 
yeah, it's, this isn't going to work as well in tests. Um, so I would use it only for the one day stuff. So the T20 and ODIs. Um, odds, obviously, like I say, change quickly. That's why we need the fast feed because we need to be on the ball of it. So, okay, so number one, we are looking for events which swing the market. Okay, so obviously we want things to happen. We're trying to take advantage of movements in price. Now, there's two big things that will swing the market during a cricket match, and that is wickets and boundaries. Okay, so if there's a wicket or boundary, if we think we know where the market's going, we want to act on that. Okay, they're the moments we want to act on. They happen. Well, you know, wickets you can you can get between say ten and twenty in a match, um, and boundaries you know probably similar if not more. Okay, so there's going to be forty fifty chances to scalp this market. That's how the odds are going to work there. Um, so don't worry about oh do I need to get in at this exact moment? If you're not ready, if you're not there at that moment, if that's not when you want to get in, you'll have other opportunities. Okay. Number two, we tend to trade just after the event has happened, okay? So as soon as that wicket or boundary happens, that's the moment we go, let's act, okay? Because we want to beat the market. Now, I won't necessarily beat that initial search because that will probably happen before you get a chance to get your bet on. But what will happen is if you know the market, you'll know it's going to continue this way. It's going to either move out or move in, or we expect it to, before the next ball's bowled. So we're going to do that until three or four seconds before the ball's bowled. Because remember, we're on a delay. So we need to get out probably about five seconds before the next ball's bowled. You can work that out. You can work out what sort of times between balls. Um, it's normally about 20, 30 seconds. So just work that out. And uh, really, you've got 10 seconds. I mean, even 10 seconds will feel like a long time. Maybe 15 seconds per scout, really, if we're thinking about it that way. And you can generally get a feel for whether the market will move in a certain direction by what's already happened. So you might want to watch, say, the first wicket or the first boundary and just see what impact it has, okay? Um, and as I said earlier, remember, the, the stuff that happens later on is going to be more drastic. So if we can get a feel for it, we can take advantage of that definitely later in the innings. Um, obviously, we want matches where the odds are quite close or, um, you know, if, if something's really short odds um, and they get a boundary obviously we're not going to really scalp that because you might get a tick but the market will probably beat you to that tick anyway, there's not going to be a long stream of the price coming in because it can't really go anywhere, so yeah, we're looking for matches where the teams are fairly similarly matched, where the odds are fairly similarly matched um, or even situations, you know, so if during the match the odds get to evens, maybe one team start at 1.1, then we can get involved at that point, or we can get involved when they get to 1.5, just somewhere where there's places for this price to move um, quite significantly. Okay, so wickets late in the innings are often a rich seam of profit. Obviously, I've mentioned this already. Um, there's nearly always a knee-jerk reaction to wickets, which means a big move, um, but obviously if a team's got massive runs on the board okay so say T20 18th over team's got 200 already 200 for one and then they get a wicket or even say 204 and they get a wicket 
it's not going to necessarily make a massive difference to the odds because they've pretty much already got a very strong target. Um, the market kind of knows where it wants to have it at halfway. So it won't make as much difference there. Um, and yeah, the price will always nearly bounce back in that situation as well. So if you do get a knee-jerk reaction to a wicket, say it's 200 for four in the 18th over and a wicket goes and price goes out 10 ticks on that team, then you'd want to back them because before that next ball's bowled, they're probably going to come back into reality. People always overreact. I think that's a general thing in trading. People always overreact to events. And you, and you might be able to apply this to other sports, and that's something we'll look into in the future. But even in, say, football or, or horse racing, just little things that happen in play or during a match, same with tennis, people j tend to overreact. And if they do, get on the end of that and watch that price come back to reality and then take your profit there. Um, so I'm just giving an example from the IPL because this is when we originally did this post. Um, obviously, the world's biggest... T20 competition. Um, there are two examples late in the Delhi innings yesterday. Okay, this was in April we wrote this. When Yadav was out, the Punjab price dropped suddenly to 1.56, but before the ball was bowled again, it went to 1.66. Okay, so the price has dropped loads um, and then it's gone out again, you know, and we could see that because of the way the market was. Um, Again, shortly afterwards, Agawar was out when the Kings Eleven price again plummeted to 1.6, um, and then it drifted to 1.67 again without a ball being bowled. Okay, so the market's reacting and going, "Oh, I'm going to crash this price into 1.6," and then before the next bowl is even bowled, nothing bowled. Sorry, nothing has happened. It's gone out to 1.67. Okay, seven ticks for nothing. For literally nothing happening but reality sinking in the knee-jerk reaction people have already put their bets on the sensible clever people are going hang on a second these odds are too short they shouldn't be there price starts getting back towards reality we can take advantage of that okay obviously number five if you're in and out before a bowl is bold bold you keep risk to a minimum that would be the absolute key here okay we don't want to be even though the bet's in play we're not taking it in play during the action okay we're taking it in between the balls being bowled so you can use quite big stakes for this obviously once you've got experience in the market but you can use quite big stakes for this because you're talking about you know four or five tick swings here and there maybe even two three ticks maybe even one tick swings that you're trying to get and all so big stakes is not going to cripple you because you're not using the full stake and don't let the bet keep running okay if it doesn't go the way you expect take the loss move on with your life you will get other opportunities in that match okay don't bet on tilt don't trade on tilt just wait for the next opportunity keep going and see how it goes if you keep practicing this and learn how to do it over time, you will make money from this, okay? So don't worry if things don't go your way occasionally. That's trading. That will happen to everyone, even the best traders. You know, um, Richard himself he mentioned many times he's had trades where, you know, nearly every scalp he's tried in a match has gone wrong. But, you know, he turns around the next day and he'll make more money than that on the next game. So he doesn't need to worry about one particular bad day or trade or whatever um, we need to keep that mentality discipline is absolutely crucial here 
Um, so number six, we've mentioned it before, but we need a good trading program. I use BetTrader. There's plenty out there. Go use the free trials. Um, you know, you can actually get quite a few months of use out of those. Although the problem I, I found with some of those free trials actually was that you end up uh, learning different systems and some systems have the lay and back on the other side. Um, so it can get a bit confusing. So, uh, yeah, try out whatever one you want to use. But do use a, a training software. It's absolutely imperative. Okay, you cannot do this just using the BetFair site. Um, it does take a lot of experience. So this is number seven, point number seven. It does take a lot of experience. You need to develop a real feel for the markets. We've mentioned that. We've mentioned how to do that. Um, different competitions can differ. So, for example, the T20 Blast, which I think is actually changing next year, they're trying to make it more interesting um, by making it cities and not counties. I'm not sure that's next year. I'm not even sure that 100% sure that went through. But anyway, that's the English competition at the moment. It's very different from the Indian competition, the IPL. Um, so what Richard tends to do is look for gaps between prices, but using smaller stakes. So it'll be a bit more gappy in the English markets. It's not there's not as much liquidity. The Asian money isn't pouring in by the bag. Um, so you know you've got to have a different strategy there. But less liquidity is not the end of the world because if you can get in those gaps of the market, you might even get matched at a price you shouldn't be matched at because people are desperate to just back it or lay it, and that's the only price being offered. So offer prices, even if you think they're they're ridiculous, you know they do get snapped up. I mean, I've I've had the most ridiculous prices snapped up before on cricket matches, um, but if no one else is offering a price, sometimes that's what they'll take. Look at bookmakers, right? Offer. I mean, look at say say you've got you've got um sites like Odds Checker now, right? Why on earth can bookmakers still get away with offering shit odds, you know, compared with the other 10 bookmakers who might all be offering much better odds? And yet, you know, Labrooks can see this or William Hill can see that other bookmakers offer much better odds. Don't necessarily change their odds. They go, well, we're going to get the customers because there's plenty of people that will come and take prices. They'll take whatever price they can take. We're the convenient bookmaker. We might be the site they use. We might be the shop they go to. It's the same thing on Betfair. If you can get people and go, well, this is the trading exchange I use. Oh, this is the best price I can get. Um, I want the bet. I think it's going to win. Then they'll take the price. They, you know, some people will just take prices. They're not bothered about value. You know, not everyone trades to try and make money or profit, or or even has the awareness to be able to understand that that's what you do this for. So take advantage of that okay um although markets are thinner in english matches they can be more profitable because if we do get a ridiculous price matched even if it's five ten ticks higher than it should be well it will probably move five ten ticks at some point or you can put one in on the other side and wait for that to get matched um so yeah it can be profitable there again Practice, practice, practice. You you know, practice to get the hang of this. Ask us questions. We're here all the time. Um, so, yeah, there you have it. That is how we've made a mint trading cricket um, by scalping. Obviously, make money on it in other ways. And we do give a lot of tips out, especially laying um, draws and laying teams chasing big totals. That's been really profitable for us. But anyway, you know, you've got the people here to ask. So don't be afraid to ask questions. Get involved on the cricket thread. Um, we wish there was 10 matches a day that we could get involved in, but there tends to only be one or two a day. And some days you don't get 
very good ones at all. So, um, you know, but we do manage to keep the thread active and going in the meantime. Um, obviously, as I mentioned, Rich has made a full-time living for the last 12 years from this. One of the best traders in, in the history of Betfair, one of the earliest ones, one of the pioneers, really. Um, you know, when you think of some of those Betfair trading pioneers, he's not the type of bloke to put himself out there and, and try and get publicity for it, but he's he's done incredible things there um, and, and anyone who's been with us for the last three years will know that virtually everything he picks turns to gold and uh, he just knows cricket trading you know and we just know trick, cricket trading so ask us questions we we see ourselves as the internet authority on cricket trading um, so yeah I mean you know great guys like Luke as well I know Luke's uh, been doing brilliant things on cricket and uh, yeah we've got We've just got people here, so ask questions, get involved, and uh, you know, let's have a great time on the cricket coming up. Okay, that was this week's podcast. I'll be back with another one next week. Um, in the meantime, don't forget to look at the blog post, um, Seven Steps to Master Cricket Trading, Cricket Scalping Trading on Betfair, at betfairtrainingcommunity.com. And uh, yeah, I'll speak to you next week. Bye.